As a small group of protesters prayed, hundreds waited for tickets to the unveiling of an eight-foot-tall bronze statue of a goat-headed Satan. Most of the people here agree with the teachings of the Satanic Temple, the group responsible for the event. It's here, it's in Detroit, and this is fantastic that like we get to experience this and we get to see this amazing statue be unveiled for all the world to see. I'm just excited to see my Lord and Savior Baphomet represented in such glorious Italian stone. I do hope his eyes gaze upon me and that my allegiance is recognized. I don't know. Notice me, senpai. Notice me. Jacob, why don't you take us off the top? Take, take us, us off, off the, the top, top, Jacob. Yeah, I can go ahead and take us off the top. Jacob has been a little quiet recently. I, I mean, missed I the Jacob, the, the, the pure podcast. energy oh, intro I was, I was in real life recording. I had like real... Yeah. I had honestly was like very depressed for like two or three weeks because I lost like... $8,000 on GameStop. So, <laughs> oh my God. That's really where I was at. Um, oh. And it was, it was starting to rub off in like multiple parts of my life. So that's really where we were at. But it's back up and it's feeling good. So I, I feel like this, my soul has come back a little bit. Um, Restored. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's a, a really you know, beautiful thing to find your soul again. It is so beautiful um, that you're happiness is tied to money i think that's really beautiful yeah. i think it's you know that's uh, you know it buys and, happiness that's what people and money about. does buy happiness it buys happiness uh -huh. it really does i think does. that's a, a beautiful way to put it and like it does bring us to the introduction of our guest which we're going to make in the beginning of the show this time which is uh you know we're throwing you guys a zinger uh but the, talking about your soul Soul being Souls. the primary yeah. word. Um, today, we're joined by director Andrew Bowser, who's working on his film right now, or getting financing for his film, Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of the Souls. Uh -huh. Amazing. Very, very Let's interesting go. title. <laughs> yeah, well, it had to be it had to be very epic if it was going to be Onyx's movie. His uh, The Soul... And uh, the destiny around his soul has always been what's the, kind of the center of his psychology. So had to make its and way into the title. That's right. I mean, you see, you see it a lot. You know, you try to make a feature out of a character. You have to take it as far as you can. You have to make it yes, as that's big true. as possible, right? Yeah. And I was going to say for the listeners out there, um, this character, Onyx, you may be familiar with him, even if you're not familiar with his name. Uh, he... You may have seen titled Weird Satanist Guy, Weird Arby's Guy. Yeah, Weird <laughs> Gamer Guy, Weird Anime Guy, Weird Furry Guy, Weird Sinkhole Guy, uh, Weird Mothman. Uh, uh, weird Mothman Guy. Yeah, he's, he's just always a weird guy. I love that there's always like a very specific adjective tied to it. He's never just weird guy. Yeah, you know? no, we've never done just straight up weird guy. <laughs> There's got to be a descriptor. Right. Because in the beginning, it was like uh, the whole idea was that if the video was real, if, if, if he was actually a guy at E3 that had said some weird stuff on camera and that video was then put online by a third party, they would just call it weird gamer guy, like this weird gamer guy. Yeah. But, uh, but it also kind of backfired because then he's not really known – uh, as as a character that I can easily quantify to people, 
You know, like mm-hmm. I can't say he's Ernest or he's Pee Wee. A lot of people don't even know his name is Onyx, even though that's laced throughout some of the videos. Right. So it's probably counterproductive to keep him uh, kind of uh, amorphous in that way. Because mm-hmm. now I'm like, let's get money to make an Onyx movie. And they're like, who? Like <laughs> yeah. that weird guy <laughs> from the videos. Yeah. Well, deep lore heads will will know. The, yeah, exactly. The, the, That's true. The, the, the real ones heads, will. Yeah, real real heads well, will, will know. With with the viralness of the video, so that was all planned. We we recently had a couple guests on when we were talking about like like strategic like viral campaigns that yeah. people don't even know were viral or or like were planned or put yeah. together like carefully. What was that like? I mean, when Onyx went viral in what like 2012, like. What was that like was. putting that into motion? Well, or- I, I worked for a bunch of like nerdy video companies. And so I'd always be as a producer and an editor. And so I'd always be at these events like E3 and Comic-Con and have to make these packages. And then simultaneously was coming up with the idea for the character. And I did think very strategically. I had the thought, well, if I make a fake video package like the ones we make for the companies that I work for and call it Game Smash or whatever, yeah. <laughs> then you could hide a character in it. And it would my <laughs> assumption was it would probably go viral because as an editor, I thought I could kind of mask the scripted nature of it to a degree. I knew by the end of the video, it'd be kind of like, OK, this is a sketch. Right, but right, um, right. but then it didn't work right away. I put the video online right after E3, I think. Now, I don't remember if it went up in 2011 or went up in 2012, but either way, it didn't go viral for a full year. Oh, okay. And because um, all I did was like post it and just, I don't know, I thought, well, the universe will take over. But it took it getting on Reddit the following year during E3 mm. to then blow it up. So it was this, it was strategy. That's why I made it feel authentic. But at the same time, it didn't quite work the way I thought. But then it eventually, it eventually did. It went exactly to your plan of waiting exactly one calendar year before exactly. it went viral. One which year, yeah. Somehow gives it a little, even a little bit more legitimacy because people yeah. feel like they're stumbling upon some some hidden. Thing. Well, that's true. And then even further, it went it went perfectly according to my plan, where <laughs> a lot of people think he's real, so uh, I don't get any credit as an actor. Right. You know, I don't get any. There's there's no. Uh, Nothing really has come from Onyx outside of what I've continued to kind of force into existence. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I still have (laughs) meetings every now and again where people are like, oh, I just thought it was real. But you're like a filmmaker? And I'm like, God damn, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, it's working working too well. The character is too convincing. In a way, yeah. My product is too good. I thought it was real until I saw like you know, enough of them where I was like, all right, this is a bit of a format. Yeah. It's he's recurring. Right. But I mean, there are a lot of people that still think it's real, like, you know, um, which is great, especially like with how many things have gone viral since Onyx has gone viral that he can still stay like in the back of like popular culture, like lexicon and shit. Like, you know, even if people don't recognize like, the full extent they they quote the lines you know the, right that shit is very quotable <laughs> right and i didn't uh um i didn't realize until i got on tiktok actually that like i i just figured uh, i i always ca- i kept doing the character i was never going to give the character up but i kind of thought 
Well, he's run his course. I mean, I had plans for him. I wanted to do a TV show. I wanted to do a movie. But I felt like he'd kind of run his course. But then I get on TikTok, and you realize, like, oh, well, if it's been going since 2012, there's, like, 19-year-olds on TikTok. Their perspective is, I grew up with your your videos. And I'm like, you grew up with them. I just (laughs) made them. I thought I just did that. But 20, so 2012 does, is coming up on 10 years. It's coming up on so 10 years. It's crazy to me. But totally. Yeah. And so then the language around him was more of like, he's just an internet staple. It's yeah. it, it was less about the like individual videos going viral or not, which is what I used to be concerned about. Sure. And then it kind of became more like, oh, he's kind of just like a meme that has persisted, uh-huh. which is Good. It's a better way for me to think about it instead of kind of judging each attempt individually. It's like, well, I guess he's been around long enough that, yeah, he's kind of just a known thing. And people may say, notice me, senpai, and not even remember. Oh, yeah, because that fucking Satanist video. Yeah. yeah. Or, it's like or deeply lost. It's like, it's like LSD <laughs> in someone's spine. Yeah. It's <laughs> stuck there I forever. I yeah. know in your marketing, you're like, you say like more than a meme, but I don't even, yeah. you know. Like I make memes, Jacob makes memes, we run on meme accounts, but I don't even yeah. think of it as a meme. It's like its own phenomenon. It's like the beaver trilogy type thing, like <laughs> yeah. that documentary. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's it has like its own like legend, like a yeah. like if you know, you know, kind of like past the right. long. Like of like the e bombs world, like pre social totally. media internet. And like that shit is fascinating to me. It's it's more than just like, you know guy slapping the roof of a car meme or some right. like you know it, right it, it, it lives you know well, it's that's not good. just like yeah. a still yeah. image right and you know even reaching out to you to come on the pod it's like it's because like everybody is gonna know the fucking onyx videos whether they even know right. they know them you know right but even looking into like your career you've done like music videos like tons of shit for artists that I grew up listening to, I, I was reading, it's like the honorary title. Like uh-huh. I was an honorary title fanboy in Me middle too. school. Yeah. CD was it anything else but the truth or something? Yeah. The yeah. Dude, yep. that, what, what song did you do the video for? I, I remember the videos, I, but I did a, um, so I got linked up with them. Yeah. Basically like I, I didn't finish film school cause I ran out of money. And so I wound up uh, going back home to Maryland, where I'm from, from I went to SVA, School of Visual Arts in New York, but then mm-hmm. until I ran out of money. I went back to Maryland, and I just started making music videos f- for bands that hadn't asked me to. Like, I'd shoot little narrative shorts <laughs> timed out to their music and then give them demo DVDs at their shows. And then eventually, that's, they that's got awesome. to enough bands where they started hiring me, but they would hire me, like, in D.C. or or New York to just kind of, like, show up, shoot some live footage, and then cut it together as a music video. Mm-hmm. And honor a title... I did a video for their song Bridge and Tunnel, I think, but I think there wound up being two versions, and I did the one that was like the live version, mm-hmm. or at least live footage cut to the track, whereas eventually I think they did a more narrative music video. And then the same yeah, thing from- happened with a with a band called Gym Class Heroes. I shot a music video oh, for, yeah. mm-hmm. for their song uh, with Patrick Stump from Fall Out Boy, mm-hmm. and, but then... Uh, it got re-released and they got a big music video and I did not get to do that one. But yeah, I was kind of in that scene for a while popping around to these bands on, yeah. on like Fueled by Ramen or like even like Equal Vision and Vagrant and yeah, record labels like that. Yeah. Well, with the follow-up boy crossover, I could see like 
like a fallout boy video with onyx playing like pete wentz <laughs> yeah well the funny thing is like all these bands that i was obsessed with that i used to try to get their dvds my dvds to i did a I got an email like three years ago from a band called the early November mm, and, and fan, they were like, big fan. yeah, they were like, would you uh, come and do an intro for us at uh, taste of chaos and as Onyx. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's uh, hilarious. So I go. And then after I do the introduction, I'm backstage and it's like, Dashboard Confessional, Taking Back Sunday, Coheed, all these bands I grew up with. They're yeah. like, can we get a picture with you, dude? Can we get a picture with you? No way. And That's it was hilarious. so surreal because it's like, you guys know I pitched music videos to you for like 10 years. <laughs> and now they were asking for pictures with Weird Satanist Guy. Yo, but, that's the dude, Satanist now they got, Guy. They got, the re, they got the reunion tours now. You got to do like yeah. an intro video for them to come out to stage to. Like you <laughs> yeah. introduce them. Yeah, And they totally. pay you for like a fucking like real for their whole tour. But yeah, totally. early November, I made them, I, I was like very into drive through records in the mm-hmm. middle school and I made a, an early November meme and the early November Instagram account follows me because of it. That's great. And That's they only great. follow like 59 people. But Joe Mara, he's like a music manager. It's a little the, humble the brag from Jeff. Member from the band. He's cool. He's a cool dude yeah. um, in Philly. I feel like definitely like, of an era though. Yeah. I feel definitely if you weren't in middle school in 2001 or between middle and high school or early yeah. college, like you missed it. Right. Completely. Right. Um, it was pop punk boy bands, you know? Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, it was a good run, but you know, people are like loving reunion tours. Like I'll go see, like I saw like the starting line. Do you like, yeah. The, the say it like you mean it tour. I don't know. That was probably like eight years ago now. But yeah, damn, it's yeah, time for another reunion tour at this point. Eight yeah, years now ago. there's reunion yeah. tours of the reunion I tours. Know. Yeah, <laughs> any any tour, tour honestly, right now would be fucking. I mean, that's true. Excellent. Yeah, don't tell me about it. <laughs> I think uh, that it's uh, it's super great that Onyx has found a uh, a home on TikTok. Really, yeah. I feel like it's the trans. <clears throat> like, there's this almost. Like weird, Aaron and I were talking about this. I think it might have been off the pod a little while ago, but there's like this very different audience with TikTok because like you very much like it's not like the the context of like if you go on YouTube and you see like a a viral video on YouTube, the video itself is like this like just piece of content that is probably you probably won't even like go to the channel and like scroll into like any more of the videos especially with like onyx stuff where it very much feels like it's like found news footage no you're watching that embedded on another website you're not yeah it's not served to you on youtube you're seeing someone post it on facebook or twitter or instagram Mm -hmm. stories or something it's very like youtube i feel well well maybe not before like you know maybe maybe back in the day like youtube was more of a hub for for stuff but it was more shared on separate channel, if you know what I mean, like right, like YouTube right. hosts the the content, but um, it's really a word of mouth. Whereas TikTok, the for you page will just serve you up the most random shit sometimes. Yeah, um, or you know if it's tailored to your algorithm, you know you might get stuff that you you are more likely to engage with. But how, what is do you, is it? It must be a totally different uh experience like making stuff like for tiktok like are you are you making yeah. like custom like like new content or are you reposting yeah. old content like what is it like no it's it sounds kind of lame but i feel like tiktok kind of reinvigorated my 
love for the character. Yeah. Because it made me like people kept saying you should get on TikTok, and I was still doing some of the older format of sketches. Yeah. For YouTube, and I was trying to kind of make a go at like getting my Patreon more fruitful, and it just wasn't working. And a buddy was like, "You should you should get on TikTok," and he was like, "Just start by like uploading a clip from one of the old videos." Yeah. I was like, "Okay," so I did that in like February of last year or January maybe, and then um, then didn't get on it proper until like March until the shutdown. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to download TikTok. And once I started, I just didn't understand the app. And once I started <sighs> looking through it, I spent days just looking through it. And it sounds, you know, like I'm someone's like uncool uncle getting hip to it, <laughs> but that's what it took is like, I got, Oh, okay. So it's about deconstructing this and responding to that. And right. even there is a weird, like subversive side of TikTok that will take the popular trends and, put their own alt spin on them. And then the popular song gets slowed down and turned into a nightmare. And that's when all the alt TikTokers respond to it. And so once I kind of got the like ecology of it all, then I started doing proper Onyx, like in character TikToks. And I think the big difference is that it's in world. So it's like him running his TikTok account. It's not a sketch that's been written or produced. It lives on a channel called Andrew Bowser. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So, it made me kind of find a new way into him. And and the funny thing is, I like to do the trends and, like, do them well as mm-hmm. Onyx. I don't like, you know, there's a lot of people that their take on a trend is to kind of bail on it and be like, fuck that trend, LOL, yeah. TikTok is stupid. But I'm like, uh, Onyx would probably be like, I really want to do that well. I may do a transition <laughs> where yeah. I I turn into the crow instead of turning into, like, a hot, you know, a sexy person, right. but like it still, it still will be done well in how he sees it. And then I got real excited by it because I was like, "Well, I can do this," and it and it gives you a premise. You yeah, know? it gives and, you yeah. a prompt almost. Right. Yeah. It, it's and it's he's like an, like an show. Exactly. Really. He's exactly. like a ageless, timeless kind of character too. Like he could pop up on like the youth like social media app, and right. nobody would question anything about it. Right. Like Onyx reminds me of people who were on Musically before it was TikTok. Like yeah. it very much he has like Musically vibes to him. Like totally, he, he's gonna earnestly before, go into before the it thing. Got big totally. before it was, gonna, like, when it was more it. of a niche app. There is a yeah. lot of yeah. stuff. Well, like I also in that I, I watched I watched the rap one that you did somewhat recently, and you put the, right. the bloopers up online. That shit was very very funny, <laughs> like very good in character. Right, he's kind well, of he's perfect because it's like the. Four, you know, you get these trends on TikTok and it's like, it is like meme formats, you know, and he just inserts himself perfectly, like as an authentic version of himself, like in character, right? Like, you buy it, you know, people buy it. Well, totally. And then there's the, like that rap one is an example. Uh, it, it, it's also, and again, this sounds like I'm overstating like the magic of TikTok, but it also helps recontextualize him for people because everybody and I've like I said I've always known I could write a movie with this character or there could be a TV show but not everybody sees it that way they think he's the news guy they think he's the catchphrase guy but even just that rap video people are like well I don't understand like that it was actually kind of tight I mean like it isn't <laughs> it's like onyx rapping so it's it's gonna be lame yeah but I think they were just like oh but but you still kind of did it like you you did it and you rapped fast and it right and it kind of like worked and then all of a sudden like 
that video has, you know, 2 million views or whatever, because yeah. it's, you didn't expect the notice me senpai guy to kind of try <laughs> at, at this other thing and it not just be cringe. It's right. still cringe. Well, but, but there's um, also like, there's like cringe. There's like people that seek that type of music that wouldn't even know that it was like a comedy bit, like MC right. Chris fans and shit like that. Like yeah. the nerdcore world totally. of music, you know, totally, which is cool. Yeah. Obviously, you're working on another level where you're playing a character and you're, it is a comedy. Well, bit, you're, you're writing but, that line of like irony, but also like doing a really good job <laughs> of what you're doing. Right. Like, like putting, full, like, yeah. putting, like, I, what, you know, there's like this mantra that I've had since high school where if you're working on something, you want it to be the most important thing in the world at that very moment and also the least important thing in the very, in the world. Yeah. So like you want to put all of your effort into it and like make it perfect, but also like it literally doesn't matter. It's just a totally. thing that you're working on. It's just a thing. Like which doesn't is mean also which is also what's good about TikTok. Yeah. It's like I told myself early on like just don't overthink it, man. Like yeah, exactly. I'll make a video that I plan out like a sketch. And it'll get no views. But then I'll just do a duet with a cosplayer where Onyx is like, oh, God, she's so sexy. And then that'll have like a million views. So I'm just kind of like, OK, well, I need to I need to care about it less in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 And, just and also like, the shorter form, it's like it's like if I put a video on my Instagram and I spend like a while making like a four minute video, it'll get half the amount of views as if I make like a 13 second video. It'll get like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, five times the amount of views just because the f- yeah. like people just want to consume like a bite and a laugh, you know? Mm-hmm. And it'll totally. replay. And a replay, yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. Because you watch it once, you got to watch it a second time. I know with like TikToks, like yeah. my partner will like just like watch TikToks and like we'll listen to one and I'll just hear it play like six more times. Yeah. I'm like, holy that's, shit. That's the, Same here. That, like that's yeah. my ADHD, like that's my undiagnosed ADHD uh clocking it over like that's why tiktok is so addicting it takes those earworms and like just things that just burrow into your brain and then i feel myself like i just need to listen and then you know the video might be visually catchy in a weird way and so i I just find myself watching shit over and i'm like this is like this is dissolving my brain right now i know i do have to take breaks from watching tiktoks i do like i'll get in a, a loop and i'm like oh my god i need to because I usually watch a lot to try to find out well, what to do next. But then sometimes my mind kind of blurs past that and I'm just sitting there like just zoning out. <laughs> yeah. But it's also interesting from like a comedy perspective. I, I think some people go too hard with this. But if you can fashion like a really funny beat right at the end that gets cut off in mm-hmm. the middle, you know, then that makes people it's just like a trigger for them to want to see it again because yes. at the end the camera fell and Onyx was like, oh, God damn. And then it cut. You know, you want to see that moment again. So then that's a replay. Yep. A replay. Yep. <laughs> that's such an interesting, well, like, editorial phenomenon with, like, viral Vine. Yeah. It started with Vine, I feel like, because Vine had the time totally. limit and stuff. But a lot of Viners have moved on to TikTok. And I think that's just the whole yeah. thing. Like, the whole the whole smash cut at the end or, like, the, yeah. the, 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 it gets the you know perfectly cut screams or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. it's like yeah. that's such an interesting like v- like it makes it seem more more authentic and like like right, you, yeah. you know you know when someone shot a tiktok on a dslr or a like yeah. a sony a7 or whatever cut it in premiere added some keyframe zooms and stuff like that and totally. like output it everything you you can tell 
You can tell when they do uh, yeah. that, and it also like I know I notice it, and I'm like, oh, they made this on their computer. But then totally, it, 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 and I feel like other even if they don't know specifically what it is, I feel like other people can tell as well. But you know when it's just from your phone, and it's just yeah, you just shot and uploaded it, and like that is part of the charm of. I mean, TikTok in particular, but like all viral yeah. content is the more genuine and authentic and off the cuff it feels like the better. And so like even just yeah. that convention of like cutting off something right at the very end, like adds to that. Totally. I don't know. I'm, I'm a video editor, a, so <laughs> I love, well, I I made love a rule. deconstructing stuff like that. Yeah, me too. I made a rule for myself with the Onyx stuff and I've broken it a little bit, but with TikTok, I, I was like, if even if I do take it into Premiere and cut it, I have to cut it in a way that looks like it could have been cut in TikTok. Yes. The uh, the only thing I can't suffer with TikTok, and I uh, I wish they could fix this, mm. is the uh, auto exposure because uh. TikTok is so dependent on transitions. They call them they're match cuts, like right. and, and they're just match cuts. Yeah, the kids are like, "Whoa, transition God!" Like it's a, dude, but that th- there, I mean. You, there's a whole term, like, I don't want to interrupt you, but there's a whole terminology yeah. of video editing terms oh, that have yeah. been completely redefined by TikTok oh, yeah. users. <laughs> totally. The way they talk about video editing breaks my brain. I know. Um, but the biggest thing is transitions are so big, yep. but if you get close to camera, it's going to uh, expose yep. to let more light in. because it's the, So I do shoot things on my phone outside of TikTok if it's going to involve a transition because I can't stand that auto exposure. But I only do hard cuts. I don't do anything outside of hard cuts because technically you could do that in TikTok. Right. And I think that's why for a lot of kids on the app, they'll see some of my videos and be like, whoa, how did you do that transition? Because it does just look like a TikTok transition. But it's because I locked my exposure on my video app and didn't shoot it in TikTok. Right. You're Filmic Pro or whatever. (laughs) I don't do it in Filmic Pro, but yeah, I do have that. I do have that app. <laughs> like oh, I'm writing this off of my taxes. Uh, I'm buying yeah, yeah. this buying this paid video app to, to, to make TikToks. Pro, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, but there's this whole yeah. there's this whole like, and this happens with every app like Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook or anything like that. Any technology that has a set of tools that is proprietary or even mm-hmm. just branded in a proprietary way is going to be. It, the whole point of it is that the users will now take those terms and use them as all-purpose terms. So, like, yeah. Photoshop. You know, how many people, when they say Photoshop, actually mean in the yeah. Adobe a- application called Photoshop? Like, it means totally. something completely different. And so, like, mm-hmm. on TikTok, we we had a um, Umru, uh, the producer, on a while back, and we were talking... Mm-hmm about sounds or actually I'm sorry we had Sydney Gish on who is another musician we were talking about the how people call it, it they call it sounds yeah. it can be a, a, just a song it's, it's just like I a know. regular song not even edited but it's when you're on TikTok it's a sound which is exactly why I had to spend time on the app before being able to wrap my mind around it. Yeah. Because I was like, don't they just mean the song? Right. And, and, that, and it's like, well, no, it's, it's the sound. Yeah. And then also people would comment, please make this a sound. Yeah. You're and I'm like, like what? What, what are you talking about? We had, a, we, had a, we had a previous guest, Josiah Hughes, who, who writes for Exclaim Canada, like the pop culture website. And he did a video, which I think is great. And it's about the angel sounds where people say it sounds like angels, but he did a whole explanation video about Mm. how kids don't realize that it's actually a clip of, uh, like Canadian indie rock, 
like experimental band the silver mount zion and it's like a clip gotcha. of their song and everyone on tiktok thinks it's what angels sound like and yeah that's like yeah what the, what the clip is called and that's it's like so it's actually post-rock band from canada oh, yeah right, yeah. right well, there's right. like an there's like Crazy. an old eminem song going viral on tiktok right now that i remember you know us listening to it's so funny how these things get recontextualized mm-hmm. like right now i i think the, i think the kids know it's eminem but it's just interesting to see how they treat it when I'm like, yeah, I remember us all passing that CD around yeah. and laughing about that song in middle school. And yeah. now What's it's the like, song? it's that song, what? FAC, F-A-C-K. It's that super weird song where he's like, oh, FAC, I'm going to come. And it's just all about like sho- <laughs> shoving gerbils in his butt. It's like this weird Eminem <laughs> song that was kind of just like one of his troll songs like that skit then or went yeah yeah it was it was it was more more skit than song but then it wound up on his greatest hits record and people mm. were like did he do that to troll us because nobody <laughs> cares about that song <laughs> but uh yeah and in the end it's just about him putting a gerbil in his butt mm-hmm. and now that's on TikTok and people are like reacting to it like yeah. when you hear fact for the first time <laughs> and i'm like and now in 2021 yeah. okay gen z like, reacts Park. to Eminem like yeah. someone like edits it with like lemming winks from south park or some shit right <laughs> right like cross cultural yeah. attack right yeah well yeah, i mean i don't know well, you see you see just to cap this convo off like it's revitalized some artists careers like there totally. was that one ali and aj song that went super yeah. viral last year and they re-recorded it like yeah. an uncensored because you know they were like a teen band like back in the day girl, yeah. girl group sisters or whatever and yeah. so the the song went so viral that they re-recorded a explicit version of the song oh just gosh. because it went you know what i mean like that's crazy yeah. like it's and it's if it's seemingly a director's random. cut if you will a director's cut yeah, yeah. Director's yeah, cut. Just, yeah. Just think about it's crazy to think that like i bet you fleetwood max sold more records this this year oh because of that yeah. than, than in previous years yeah it's it, it was at the to top think. of the charts for like weeks like that song yeah it's crazy yeah. like it's seemingly like <laughs> well they say record random. companies try to like they try to like generate like tiktok hits that like trend. You know, yeah well, that, yes People now newer newer that. newer yeah. artists are definitely trying to write tiktok singles you know what i mean like they're yeah. sure you blow up immediately you oh go God. from like a hundred like you go from like having a thousand followers to having like 500k overnight yeah you it's, know? well it's like yeah. that drake it's like that drake you know the kiki challenge or whatever yeah kind of happened incidentally but then his next song was like left foot in right <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like he, he was I, like i'm I, writing a dance song i heard yeah. that song for the first time and i in my head, I had the clearest vision of like what it was like to pitch Drake that song. Like his, like yeah. his, 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 you know, whoever he's working with is like Drake. I know you probably don't want to do this. We got to do a choreography song. I'm sorry, yeah. dude. We got to do it. <laughs> All the kids are doing the yeah. fucking. Whip nay nay. They've been doing that for five years. They've been doing all these dances. All yeah. the everyone's doing the choreo. We got to do one. And he's like, I don't c- give a fuck about any of that shit. And he, they're like, just mm-hmm. just do the most basic dance you can think of. We can and shoot the like, music okay. video at your house. Yeah. And, he's like, okay. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm listening to those lyrics, and I'm like, that's the that's the simplest dance I've ever heard in my I life. Know. Like, how, I know what? What are you talking about, dude? Like, you gotta put a you little need bit to do effort. like a, a you need to get Drake in on the the Arby Boys. 
dance than we did Army Boys. Oh my god! I know. That's I, I. Every time I tried to make something happen with that in mind, like if I, because in the beginning of being on TikTok, I did think, well, can I kind of make one of these things happen? Make my, one of my sounds go viral, or or accidentally do a dance that kind of catches on. And anytime I do that, it doesn't shake out. Um, yeah, and then I, don't I know. had one. Yeah, you got to get Charlie D'Amelio to do the dance, and then it'll <laughs> yeah. go viral. I guess I had one key. sound that kind of took off, and it was a complete accident. I don't even remember what it was. It was like, uh, I think it was. Oh, it, it was me reacting to a cosplayer. It was like a sexy cosplayer, but was also dressed like a a crow. Yeah. And I think it was just me screaming like, Oh God, I love it. And <laughs> I didn't even think twice about it, but then people used it to react to anything that they were obsessed with. Yeah. You know, well, you mentioned it earlier. The one where you like snap into the Brandon Lee crow costume is yeah. hilarious. Also yeah. very, very yeah. funny. <laughs> right. But, right. So we're talking about like micro content for Onyx. And yeah. right now you're working on doing the complete opposite and trying to get a long form. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the yeah. movie. Cause I yeah. wanted to say that I think the idea, like kind of like the Willy Wonka, it's ingenious for like a comedy horror eighties kind of like vibe. It's, it's a great yeah, idea. Thank you. Yeah. It, 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 there had been a couple of ideas over the, the problem. The hard thing is, is I'm trying to, I'm. It makes sense to me to put Onyx in that environment, um, but admittedly, it's because I want to make a movie like that and I want to see a movie like that. Yeah. Um, it's not a square peg in a round hole because when I came up with the premise, I I was like, okay, that unlocks everything because I'd had ideas for Onyx movies over the years, but they were like too niche in ways. I had one that was about kind of a Terminator coming back in time to protect him because. He had actually created a really shitty video game that, like, created a virus that could destroy, in the future, the robots that that humans need to destroy. So somebody came back to protect him, and he was, like, this shitty game designer. (laughs) But all of that was like, that'd be too expensive. No one's going to finance that. And the movie was called Beefy Bad Boy from Outer Space. I was like, that's "That's not happening. That's a great title. It's a fun title. (laughs) But then when I I finally hit on this, like, single location, all of these people are invited to a house, and it's it's like Willy Wonka where they've won a contest to take part in a a dark ritual, kind of harkening back to the weird Satanist guy of it all. And then I then I realized, oh, that's great, because then there can be these rituals and there can be all of these little monsters that come out with different you know, spells that are spoken. And it just unlocked the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But then I think the trick is, how do I get how do I get everyone else to understand that this is a great way forward for the character mm-hmm. when they might only think of him as a meme? Or as the the viral, we did do a web series with him that I think makes the case that he can work in a narrative environment. But admittedly, you know, on TikTok, it, it's it, I'm it's insane to try to use TikTok, which, like you said, is this micro content platform yeah. to pull people into the idea of backing a feature film, which is mm-hmm. like. I mean, a lot of these kids might be like, I don't even give a fuck about movies, dude. Yeah, they're, <laughs> you like, know? they're like, I've I never seen a movie before. <laughs> right. Like, I Made don't know what movie. the landscape really is. You want me to so sit down for an hour and 45 minutes, dude? What yeah, are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. You only need one kid. You need Spielberg's kid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, that's why I was like, 
you know, I didn't think it was possible if I needed a lot of money from a small group of people, but I thought with TikTok and with YouTube and with the Facebook pages that I have and all that, that maybe I could get a little bit of money from a large group of people. And that's the, that's what the, the task has been day in and day out is just continuing to cast a, a further net. Yep. But I mean, for me, it is, it's like the only, I really love doing Onyx and I love doing him on TikTok and I, I, I still like making the news videos, but I am at, at my core, a writer director yeah. and that's just, just is what I want to do. And so I, if I can't figure out a way to do that with Onyx, um, you know, then like there's less kind of passion for doing something with the character moving forward. Yeah. I see what you mean. Also the script is really funny. Like I wrote the script and I was like, oh man, I told myself like, just write the script. And if it comes easy and if it makes you laugh, then it's probably worth pursuing. Mm -hmm. And it came so easy and it did make me laugh. And it was so fun to write. And a lot of times writing isn't that fun. You're just kind of sitting there fucking torturing yourself. Vomiting onto a page, yeah. Yeah, you're just, you write something, you're like, oh, fuck that, I'll rewrite it tomorrow. But (laughs) this was like, everything that came out felt really kind of dialed in Mm -hmm. because I've done the character for so long. And it was just a lot of fun. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to try to do, try to do the crowdfunding thing. Yeah. Well, the concept is great. Like I was saying, like, it's an original take and I can see it. Like, you I've watched a bunch of your um, your like updates on YouTube. Yeah. Where you're talking about the film and you're talking about the characters, and you know, based on the styles, you're saying like Fright Night, Gremlins, Ghostbusters. It's like I can see your vision, and I can see Onyx fitting in it perfectly, and it yeah. like melding into like kind of a you know a comedy classic. And I've seen you talked about your intentions. Like obviously, you would make it you're not planning on making money. You, you yeah. want it to get picked up by a streaming platform just to like get more recognition as a filmmaker clearly. Yeah. Cause then, then things start following. Yeah. But, um, it is really like as someone that grew up, you know, I was a nineties kid. I grew up watching all those eighties movies and yeah, it, it does the plot. It, it fits kind of perfectly into that kind of like timeless eighties yeah. horror comedy mashup and it's not too cheesy and onyx being tied to like the occult as a character it's been like you know his theme it just kind of fits right in yeah yeah and i was surprised one thing i mean this sounds obvious but like one thing i told myself as i was writing it and i i just wanted there to be like how do i don't know how to say this without it sounding pretentious because i might have failed at it but i'll just say it and then if i've failed at it You'll know because you'll watch the movie and you'll be like, nah, he didn't do it. But I wa- I wanted there to be like really kind of like classic comedy moments. Yeah. Like you watch you watch certain comedies and you're just like, man, that was such a solid bit. Like it had such structure to it. And yeah. obviously, like you think about like Monty Python and it, there's just these sequences that are so sound from like a comedic structure perspective yeah. that I my comedy nerd self was like, when you write the Onyx script, don't just have it be a string out of gags or yeah. mo- you know, monologues from him. And it's like, I want to think of good comedic beats that would work with other another character. I mean, it just happens to be Onyx, but and there's really good moments like that in the script that got me excited. Like, thinking of the edit of it and the payoff of it. Um, I really feel like there are some there. I'm not saying the whole script is, you know, the best thing ever written, but... I, I was really intentional in trying to make it a good comedy outside of the onyx of it all. And so yeah. there's great jokes for other characters. There's like, there's just a whole world there that, um, 
in a weird way, isn't dependent on Onyx, but it is all elevated because sure. he's the one in the center of it. And like the genre doesn't take itself so seriously. It's not like an in, it's not like some like artsy indie art house thing. Yeah. Like, it's meant to be silly and rewatchable. What's the know? term totally. now? Prestige horror. That's what they're oh, calling. Prestige. Ari yeah. Aster elevated and horror. Yeah. Prestige. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I love that right. stuff, but that's, Probably not what you're trying to do. With your film. It's a different, yeah. whole yeah. different realm, you know. And yeah. those, yeah. it's like those aren't necessarily as rewatchable as some of like the fun, campy stuff, no. you know. There's, there's many totally. horror is not a monolithic genre by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of people might assume it is, but it's not at all. Yeah, there's, there's humor, there's comedy this. in a lot yeah. of horror films that are classics. You know, there's, it's all, it's oh, all yeah. over the place. And I wanted it to be the kind of vibe that I personally, like, this is my little Onyx set. So technically, like, you know, this wood paneling is, like, stops and there's my lighting. And oh, all that. I love it. Oh, we're but, on a uh, set. So you can't, yeah, we're, we're this, on a set. this is an audio only podcast, but we are literally on set over Zoom here. Yeah. Which I did and not realize. I did not right, realize right. that. This is my garage, but it's it's made to look like Onyx's basement. Oh, I love basement. that. Yeah, you have a bunch of VHSs but, on a shelf over there. Well, right. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is like, I literally every morning I, I pick a VHS off the rack and I put it on a TV VCR that I have Amazing. over by my desk yep. and I just leave that movie on all day on a loop uh-huh. and it's muted most of the time because I'm working or editing or writing or whatever. But every time I look up, it's a part of one of these movies that is colorful, that's exciting, that makes me laugh, that also has a monster in it. And I wanted the movie to have that vibe of like, you could put this on a loop and it'd be just enjoyable to have on. Yeah. There's not that like a lot of comedies and not to like get on a soapbox, but even, you know, the Judd Apatow form of comedy, there's still like a 30 minute saggy middle where everybody fucking hates each totally. other. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it gets serious. Every, it gets serious. Yeah, right. Yeah. Every Judd Apatow movie, there's 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 a long stretch of scenes where these characters you were having fun with are like, fuck you, dude. No, fuck you. And I'm like, I thought. So wait, were we watching? Young's just like, I, whoa! I thought this was a comedy. Yeah. I'm supposed to be right. laughing it, at this? What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> and it's not that there can't be pathos and emotion yeah. in comedy, but I, but it should be blended with the humor, sure. not like derail the party. And so I wanted this to be like one of these VHS movies that I'd pop on, and at any point you can look over and be like, "That's fucking fun," and this next scene's fun too, you know. And, yeah. it, and you'd want to just kind of start it over again yeah. once it got to the end and. I think that is the vibe of it. That's great. It needs to be shorter. My script is too long right now, but. Well, I mean, well, that's, the, that's the whole writer-director paradox, right? You know, you see a lot yeah. of writer-director films that are like two and a half hours long and you're like, yeah, you could have trimmed a little bit off of that, but that's yeah. a good, it's good, it's good to get on that early before you're exactly. in, the edit, in the edit suite and you're like, no, this yeah. three and a half hour cut is the final cut. You can't cut a well, single right. scene and, out. <laughs> and I'm my harshest critic. So as an editor, like I'll cut stuff with other people and yeah. they'll be like, Oh, le- leave that in. And I'm like, no, no, we'll cut yeah, yeah. I'm the, I'm the one that trims. Like I That's good. like getting things tighter yeah. and shorter because I'm less amused by the stuff. Yeah. Like I'll have a friend that's like, no, no, that's funny. Leave it in. And I'm like, well, it's not that funny. And so yeah. <laughs> I know I can cut down this script. I just have to like, you know, get a little more stringent than I was yeah. as I wrote it. Yeah. You're like the uh, the Hemingway of uh, comedy editing. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what that's what the title of this episode should be. It'll make everybody really love me if I. <laughs> well, more. you know, our first. <laughs> if I'm calling myself the Hemingway. Our first com- episode ever was called "The Beatles of Podcasting." 
So I think oh, nice. it would make a lot of sense if we called this the Hemingway of horror film writers. No, yeah. see, see, Andrew, the thing is, is if we're going to keep with the theme, then it should be uh, for sale, tiny wines never sold. You know? <laughs> hey, that's good. Yeah, yeah. The, tiny, the tiny shoes, the Hemingway, tiny wines yep. is yep. tying it all in with Onyx. Yes. You know? Well, speaking of films, film A's, uh, kino, cinema, whatever you want to call it, um, does Onyx have a letterboxed? He does not. I'm, he doesn't. If I'm, I just I'm going to offer some unsolicited recommendation here. Yeah. that might be an interesting path to expand the character. If Onyx made a, true. If Onyx made a letterbox, because Letterbox is, true. is a about. niche app. Uh, I'm sure you have one, <laughs> just personally. I, I I do, but I don't use it. But I. I know what it is and I've been but on But there it, yeah. are some, and you know, it's usually cross-posted on Twitter and stuff like that, but yeah. there are some t- Letterboxd users that are very funny and yeah. that might be a little like underground That's way totally to explain the character. Easter eggs. I would follow the fuck out of Onyx's Letterbox. <laughs> it would just be review after review of The Crow. It would just yeah. be... <laughs> 15 reviews of the crow. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just rewatch yeah, yeah, yeah. it. You rewatch it like once a week and update the review right, every right. time. Yeah. Sat down to watch the crow again. Um, still rips. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's fucking oh, hilarious. Cool. Wait, yeah. that's hilarious. That would be great. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's just so many little pockets of the internet that he just falls so easily. Like I said, he's like a timeless character, especially with we were talking earlier about like the revival of like the emo world and like the hot topic kind of like fetishizing like people are like i don't know it's just so common nowadays for it's been like 10 10 years since that stuff was big so it's just cyclical totally it's 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 so cyclical i mean you see it on tiktok i i I was like oh well yeah so there's e-boys and e-girls now so there's there's always going to be that demographic i i uh I didn't realize that, you know, until I got on TikTok. And here's all these kids, and they've still got like Tim Burton posters on their wall. Oh, the hot, the like, hot oh, topic, okay. so hot topic the core thing. is coming back in a big yeah. way. Yeah, like it's yeah, that like, weird, like 10, 20 year difference of like what's cool, what's retro, what the young kids want to emulate, what that they weren't actually around for. So you yeah. see a lot of Y two K stuff popping up. A lot of Zoomers yeah. are trying to acts like it's 98 or something like that or 2002 yeah. like kind of Britney Britney Paris Hilton it, stuff. And so uh-huh. yeah, you're going to see like a lot of emo core scene revival. Like there's there's some TikToks out there of like of like scene kids but they're like they're high schoolers but they're dressing like a straight up like 2007 totally raver scene kid and it's like it's in they're emulating t- that, you know, the the past the past yeah. thing. You could tell that it's like exactly cyclical because it's like right before emo kind of blew back up into the mainstream. It's like the new metal stuff was like mm-hmm. the tip, like like yeah. funny meme pages making references to like Limp Biscuit and Corn, and now mm-hmm. that's even like past. Like that's mm-hmm. like almost not cool anymore. Which well, those, well, me but it's so funny because listening to that. Shit. <laughs> well, it's yeah. so funny because when I was a kid, I was I was a Radiohead, uh, Rush, you know. Yeah, prog yeah. kind of kid, and so like when I was when I was younger, I didn't buy all the new metal stuff. But now you knew what as the in scale the, was, uh, and that was yeah. really what did it. Um, yeah, yeah. I only listen to music that's in seven eight. Uh, I don't like uh, four four is a little too basic for me. Um, but now I feel like in the past few years, like like all the new metal corn stuff, Slipknot was like 
out of fashion, but now it's like unironically, like everyone's like, this fucking slaps so hard. This shit goes so hard. Yeah. I've had a new appreciation yeah. for, you know, the, the stuff that I missed out on when I was like a insecure uh, seventh grader who, who was yeah. very precious about their music very taste, cool. you know what I mean? Andrew, you, you got to get with Fred Durst as a fellow filmmaker, you know? Yeah. That's, That's the move. The f- that's, that's the that gateway is. to Travolta, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh my gosh, Travolta would. There is a, there is a big villain in the movie named Bartok. He's like the Satanist leader, and uh, you know he's Bartok. the Willy Wonka of the movie. And holy shit, if it was John Travolta, oh my god, you got to sell Perfect. him on it. Be like, it'll be just like Battlefield Earth. We'll get you in the same yeah, type yeah, of shit. Yeah. We'll, we'll end it with a big call to action for Scientology. That's how you should get your funding, dude. That's how you should get your funding. Send Tom Cruise an email. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my yeah, God. Just turn an onyx. Such a good <laughs> idea, would, dude. Like, there's nothing wrong with that idea, and it won't have any it downsides would, to it at all. It, there won't be any downsides. <laughs> no. I, I won't get embroiled in a, in a cult that then is like, you know running me off the road no, when I try to leave it. of course, they're nice. <laughs> they don't kill people. Uh, they don't like... They only like, kill yeah. your pets. They only kill pets. <laughs> right. From what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. And they won't They won't lock your girlfriend away to never be seen by the public again. You know, it's not yeah. a big deal. It's not a there's, deal. Yeah. There's also such this big thing. Like, I think that um, Onyx fits in well with, like, these new like comedy things where everyone's like a redditor gamer as the comedy thing like there was like yeah. that one tiktok guy who was pretty big who would pretend to be the kid from band class in high school oh that totally. guy's hilarious and that's yeah. like the it, the energy like it it's like people are still bringing that to the table there's this other tiktoker that i know aaron jeff and i follow called skatey 420 and she says like <laughs> poggers champ like all the time it's like the epic epic gamer language and like the fucking yeah, yeah it's, very it's funny. so funny but it's 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 a result of also some of this stuff like literally breaking out of counterculture at this point you think about like yeah. stuff like twitch and reddit like for a while we're like these very like cult little communities Closed or whatever yeah. and now it's yeah. just it's, it's it's like part of the the zetgeist of life now. I feel like there's, yeah, there's there's TikTokers that I follow who do fedora wearing, you know, nerd characters that have mm-hmm. vocal tics yeah. and kind of are overly expressive. And yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so presumptuous to uh, assume that they're all based on Onyx. But I would say, just as somebody that studies like comedy yeah. and mm-hmm. trends in it. I do think Onyx dialed in an archetype. Yeah, we've all we've always had the neckbeard joke and the gamer joke, and 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 that's but always they've been all seen there. that clip. They've all seen but, that right. Clip. Like yeah. it's there now. Yeah. It's in the the DNA yep. of internet comedy, especially when it comes to you know like. But even Onyx, Onyx is just a version of uh, my like Jerry Blank from Strangers with Candy. Or Bruce McCullough from Kids in the Hall, Mm -hmm. the character he did of the little kid that was always going house to house and saying, "Uh, my mom, uh, she said I have to stay here now. Oh, what are you doing? Painting a bench? Hmm, I can paint. And (laughs) like Onyx is just my version of that archetype. And so I don't begrudge any of the people that, that do a nerd character with a fedora 
and that you know that overstates things and has cringy facial expressions yeah. <laughs> i think i think it's a natural progression of like when something an entity or has permeated yeah it's a, um, it's a rich it, fabric internet. it's a rich fabric right, of right, uh, right. cringe redditor yeah. characters totally yeah. but when well, i see some of these videos i mean some of them are straight up like hello it's the cosplayer thing yeah there's that yeah. have you seen the one where it's like uh it's like a duet and it's like the guy who's uh trying to trying to see if you're a werewolf like oh, the guy yeah, who's a werewolf totally. and then the girl duetted it and it's um, yeah. it's like i've never like i've never seen a piece of cinema so yeah so authentic and genuine like totally. their performances is that the one with the so sniffing? good what's up is, does I, it have it has sniffing in it right there's like some good like maybe <laughs> like that i'm sure yeah he asked like yeah i can't remember exactly how it goes but it's very fucking funny yeah acting challenge you're the blue line <laughs> scream get out of here are you a werewolf <laughs> Does that answer your question? You're so hot, marry me. <laughs> Sorry, sweet cheeks. I only marry werewolf chicks. And you're oh, not even- oh, oh! Never. Wait, you're- Judge a book by its cover. <sighs> now shut up and let's make some puppies, you rascal. Oh, you're one bad dog. <laughs> I was gonna say, Andrew, you also, I, I saw, I feel like, a clip of you talking about, like, the origin of how you develop the Onyx character and you said he's kind of based on the eighth grade version of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But the weird I'd lo- thing yeah, is, I'd love to get into the origins of the character. If there's any concrete, <laughs> I mean, I know it's all, it's all, it's all digesting internet culture, but yeah. I'd love to, if there's any concrete origins to the character, I'd love to hear about it. I think hey, every people have asked me if it was based on anyone, they'll say, so who, but who's it based on? Like you had a friend that talked like that, mm-hmm. but it didn't come from any, Outside of literally like Amy Sedaris and Bruce McCullough, those were like <laughs> my two big, and I'm sure like Pee Wee and Ernest, uh, you know, I do gravitate toward uh, vocal tics and yeah. a- and catchphrases uh, just kind of are naturally a part of his language. Yeah. Um, but I think it did come from inside. Like the, the, the day I, th- the first thought I had of what, would become Onyx was just me coming up with a character that would say, I don't know, really quick. And that was how it started. I was like, (laughs) I want to do a sketch where I say, I don't know, even if he says something that he's very sure of. So like, what's your favorite movie? Uh, Pumpkinhead? I don't know. Uh, Because it's just (laughs) such a like, wow, what an insecure person. They can't even... Speak in confidence on like something they're certain of. It's just and it's and, it's, it's sub- completely subconscious. It's right, a completely right. subconscious tick. I'm not I'm not going right. to credit you completely, but I talk like that all the time. Honestly, like just going to just going to start commenting on your posts, I, being like, yeah. "Hey, credit? Can you tag <laughs> yeah, me for exactly. credit?" You might, yeah, you might have to hit me with like the the takedown. Totally, the totally. <laughs> tag the original <laughs> creator here, please. Yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, I was insecure. Before you, uh, my good <laughs> yeah, sir, yeah. my epic, my epic sir. And so, in, in so when I say he's based on eighth grade me, not necessarily in the mannerisms or affectations or even in the clothes. I mm-hmm. didn't really dress super goth. I definitely did. Like I wore my dad's army jacket and painted my nails, and you know was like an art school kid. Yeah, but um, but was never super goth. I was always into horror. But uh, 
But when I say it's based on my eighth grade self, I mean the the paralyzing anxiety, yes. the the insecurities, the uh, the darting eyes. I mean, that's how I feel or felt at that age, even yep. if I wasn't manifesting it physically. Um, it's like it's just the spirit of my middle school self, kind of frozen in yeah. time. And then also he's he's also like really angry. There's moments where he gets really angry, and there's he's more animalistic too. Mm. Um, whereas as an adult. You know, I have to mask a lot of my more, I guess, outwardly animalistic sides. Whereas mm-hmm. Onyx, like, even in some of the news videos, can just say, like, I don't know why this smells like roast beef. This whole fucking place smells like roast beef. It can be just, like, <laughs> messy in his yeah. anger, which just is something no that filter. I think. filter, yeah. Yeah. And you've also, I've heard you describe him as, like, cocaine personified, like, the human version of cocaine, <laughs> which I guess yeah. that's, that's pretty right. You know, it's accurate. Yeah. That's the hard thing is, like, you can never do Onyx. I mean, I don't even think I've ever been able to do Onyx if I've had like a sip of beer. Like any kind of calming <laughs> agent works against <laughs> his personality. Like yes. I have to, when I record these videos, I've had so much coffee. I've also gotten myself so worked up by fucking up the lines 200 times in a row. Yeah. To perform him, you get to this like fugue state of just fucking. That's method acting, folks. That's method acting. You drink, you drink two times as much coffee as you know you should, Jiminy, and you record for an hour before you finally actually press record. And that's that's the gold right there. That's the gold. Totally. Don't approach Andrew between takes because you're you're dealing with Onyx. Well, I get there when we've shot these things out at conventions, like. It's really funny for people to watch the later ones once once Onyx was like a known internet thing. Yeah. This anime one, this anime convention, and then we did one at BlizzCon maybe four oh or five God. years ago. That's hilarious. And yeah. like a crowd formed oh. and just started watching. <laughs> but it was kind of unsatisfying for them because when I mess up, I'm in that state and I'm just angry. I'm not, you know... Uh, the outtakes are me being like, fuck, fuck me, fuck, fuck. All right, go again. Oh, so I wandered into the, and then I try to reset, but I'm so angry. And yeah. so everybody was like gathering around because they're like, oh, it's the weird sadist guy. Yeah. But then they just watched a guy fucking like flagellate himself for an hour. And, and listen, that is the true performance there. <laughs> yeah. That is the real authentic performance. That's how you know you're getting the real thing. Is, yeah. It's not just for the bits and the punchlines. Like you're you're seeing a fully fledged character here. It's yeah, yeah, and it's it is easier. To, yep. It is easier to stay in character if I'm doing Onyx. Like I'm sure if we get to make this movie, um, I, you know, it's just easier to keep the facial expression. It's easier to keep the vocal energy up in between takes for something like that. It's yeah. it's it's even like less. Um, like so I think when people hear that about performers, they think like, oh, that's so. Uh, I don't know, pretentious, but it's more just mechanical. It's more no, about the yeah, mechanics of resetting your face and, yeah, just staying in that. No, I mean, energy. yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot. I mean, a lot of general public doesn't really know how a film set works. Um, right. They think it's this weird eldritch ritual, which is so yeah. precious and stuff. It's just literally people working. It's just people working. I know. And actors, actors working. If you're playing a character, you have to stay in character. And like it might yeah. seem precious to people who don't know what it's actually like. But yeah, if you're if you're playing it, especially if it's like a really uh stylized role or like a really like crazy role, like yeah, you it, yeah. every time you cut and you break character, it takes yeah. time to get back into the character. So of course it might look silly to someone on the outside, but 
Totally. I mean, yeah, and, to- and the people sense. on the outside, especially in that type of situation, they don't have the context for what the full vision is going to be. Mm-hmm. Like you, they haven't seen the script or like, they don't know where the edits are going to go or like what it's going to get cut up to be. They're just seeing totally. like a moment, you know? So it's like yeah. their, their take is like experiencing something that's not meant for yeah. Release, you know, exactly. but I, yeah. I also want to shed some light like on other characters you do. Like I watched a bunch of the shorts on your YouTube and like oh, yeah. the thrill me, the thrill me short is great. And you know, you play a different character. You're also like a horror buff, but you incorporate the whole, like we had a, a director on recently, uh, Eugene Kotyorenko and, mm-hmm. uh, he incorporates screens like his, um, he did a movie called spree on it's on Hulu. Oh yeah. About, and yeah, and it's about like streamers, and he incorporates streams and comments and all that happening. Yeah, yeah. And you did some of that with the throw me short, and yeah, it's like learning how to incorporate that. It's just such a it opens a world of audience because it's so familiar to kids these days. Totally. Yeah, and that was what was fun about making that short. It was just that I like kind of format challenges. Like that's what's fun about the Onyx News videos. I, I'm just as excited to like cut out a lower third and find good ambient sound to hide edits. I'm just as excited to do that as I am to act as Onyx. And, right. you know, honestly, I'm probably more excited as an editor on those videos than as a performer. Yeah. Um, and that's the same yeah. with like thrill me just, the, just the, the fun of like recreating a format and kind of having fun with the language of it. Yeah. Um, I get a kick out of that. And, and, and that's probably because I'm an editor and because I, I come from like making, video content for companies. Yeah. Um, that's why I get such a kick out of that. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, if you're a detail oriented person, like trying to perfectly replicate yeah. something like that, yeah. I mean, you know, TikTok is very quick and dirty version of that entire totally. workflow, right? Like if there's a trend totally. or like a sound as they say, yeah. and you're trying to replicate it, like how do you do it the most convincing oh. way? Oh, I was so stoked to do that silhouette challenge that everybody was doing. You know what? When And let me tell you, when yeah. we started talking about TikTok, my brain generated Onyx doing the silhouette challenge. It was the yeah, first thing I, I thought of. <laughs> I did it. And the funny thing is everybody was doing it. The way people were doing it was they were shooting the back half in Snapchat, I think, using a red filter. Oh, I see. And, okay. and, and then the idea of matching your Snapchat footage with your TikTok footage, like I was like, come on, it's a nightmare. Yeah. So I got super stoked to do it all practically. I, you know, locked off my phone on my phone tripod and I <laughs> shot it in my hallway and then I brought in red lights. I was going to say, and, you you oh, called up your <laughs> rental house, you rented <laughs> right. a $500 lighting kit, yeah. you know, gels, everything like that. Luckily, yeah. luckily, I was able to just use these little LEDs, <laughs> Right, but that's okay. exactly what I did. I set up these red lights. Yep. And then matched it, and I got such a kick out of that, just because yeah. it was mimicking the form. Of course. And then people were like, oh my gosh, it's so clean. And they were like, <laughs> yeah, you know. It's good. And the, <laughs> and the fact that Onyx, they were like, oh, I thought you were going to do it and transform into Freddy Krueger. But no, I just did it, and I put on fishnets and heels. <laughs> and that's, you know, again, yeah. going back to like Onyx just would want to do it properly and if it was a sexy challenge yeah yeah and there's nothing ironic about it from there's his nothing perspective ironic. Yeah. he's like yeah so i'll guess i'll put he's my like, skirt and fishnets he's on. like it's and a challenge did. that's the challenge is to be <laughs> yeah. sexy what what totally. why are you laughing at me <laughs> right yeah right and that's more true to the character as opposed to onyx thinking oh wouldn't it be cool if i turned into freddy krueger he wouldn't think that he'd be like 
oh, I want to be sexy like them, so I'll no. do the sexy challenge. He and takes then, the challenge part of it literally. He's like, <laughs> I am being literally. challenged right now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I guess I'll get my fishnets out. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. He, I'm going to have to pull that up. fishnets, you know? Oh, totally. <laughs> he's got fishnets. He's got big purple, like, they're my Frankenhooker boots, like yes. the movie Frankenhooker. Okay. Um and uh, that's the nice thing about shooting all these other shorts is like then I get I just have wardrobe that are yeah you have your own wardrobe we're that's for awesome. other characters but now Onyx can use them in his TikTok videos yeah. you know and with the whole theme of the thing it shouldn't be hard to get Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross to score <laughs> the soundtrack you know what my dream is I so I grew up listening to this band named Self and the lead singer was Matt Mahaffey and he kind of did everything in the band but I. I actually Onyx brought me to him. I wrote him about a script I'd written a couple years ago uh, that was actually about a, a failed child actor who decided they wanted to kill Elijah Wood because oh he had he had gotten the role in Flipper and and uh, my fuck. character hadn't. Yeah. So Love I wrote Flipper. this. I wrote this whole script called Elijah Before Me, and it's a fun, really dark fucking comedy. Uh-huh. Didn't go anywhere. Uh, surprise, but. I reached out to Matt Mahaffey about. Wait, you didn't. You didn't cold email Elijah Wood with the script. Well, yeah, seeing the if funny he was thing interested? is, the funny thing is, I think he has been sent the script because a oh. producer friend of mine read it and was like, "This is fucking dark as hell, but it's funny, and I think Elijah would get it." And yeah, so he like, sent it to Elijah. Maybe, oh maybe when Wilfred ends, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But I've never heard anything back from from Elijah. Wow. But um, I want to read that script. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> I'll gladly send it to anyone. I would love to read it. it. It sounds I'll great. I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, but but I reached out to Matt Mahaffey because I was getting close to some interest on the Elijah script, and uh-huh. I wanted to meet with Matt about scoring it. <laughs> and we met up, and he was like, I love Onyx. I love Weird Satanist Guy. And even though Elijah didn't happen, when I wrote that short Little Willie, which is kind of where the fa- the failed child actor thing went, mm-hmm. I had— I reached out to Matt about scoring Little Willie, and he did. And now he's the one that's attached to do the score for the Onyx movie. And he does some music for some of my freelance producing gigs. But he wrote a theme song. There's this theme song that's kind of in the style of like Dokken from Nightmare on Elm Street 3. It's like Mm. this rock anthem Mm -hmm. called Talisman of Souls. Mm -hmm. And my dream is that. Matt wrote it. Onyx would sing it, but that we'd get like Claudio from Coheed to sing the bridge, like oh, hell just, yeah, just to come in featuring, yeah, yeah, because there's this really ridiculous bridge that's like perfect for his vocals. The and, falsetto, um, yeah, yeah, just to book, um, just book a half day in the studio. But yes, like that's my rate. dream is if yep. we get the movie, the end credit song would be this Talisman of Souls featuring oh Coheed and Cambria. That sounds fucking <laughs> sick. Well, I feel like based on the bands you've done videos with, you have connections to Coheed. You can make it yeah. happen yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's we'll what, see. that's what, that's what uh, 90% of the Kickstarter is going to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and <laughs> it's not, and it's not for the booking fees. It's just to get his email address. Get, it's get just that, that singer's I email someone, address. I paid someone $400,000 to paid, get. You paid a private investigator <laughs> to get yeah. his phone, and then I get private email phone number back. and email. <laughs> I get an email back from Claudia that's like, not interested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. His, his email the whole time was just like in keeping secrets 003. Yeah, or totally. Yeah. We'll One find of my him. Dreams, he lives this in is, Brooklyn. He'll this walk is, around. We'll find him. This is where some of the money uh, might wind up going is there's, there's a sequence in the film where Onyx has a nightmare and it's all set to meatloaf's I would do anything for love. Oh my God. <laughs> and... 
Uh, but I am purposefully trying to find if we get the money to make the movie, I want the money from Kickstarter to be the production budget. That is yep. what we shoot the movie with. Yep. If there's any flights of fancy, like hiring a big actor to play Bartok or like more extraneous music licensing uh, expenses, I want to try to find an investor to sure. to knock out that stuff yep. so that I know for 500 I can make the movie. Yep. Uh, but if if we could get an investor to come in and like dress it up a little bit, sure. maybe we could get the rights to the Meatloaf song, or yeah. we could well, get John Travolta I, to play Bartok. <laughs> I think I think if you get the the rights to the Meatloaf song, um, you know that scene will come straight from the screen like a bat out of hell. You yes, know? exactly. It will. It really will. <laughs> yeah. You have to pay off the years of him talking about fucking Meatloaf. You know. Yeah, it's the ultimate payoff. Well, yeah. my favorite is the Dave Matthews reference that it crashed into me like 96 yeah. DMV. That shit makes me fucking laugh every fucking time. Honestly, it's it's too good. Um, and the viralness of it seeming off the cuff. It's just like, yeah. who fucking who has that locked and loaded? You know, it's just so perfect. <laughs> yeah, I guess Onyx does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. She doesn't have to. It's just it, that's stream of conscious for him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, um, you know, if you have an extra budget left over after getting all of your dream casting, you could uh, use your leftover hundreds of thousands of dollars to hire uh, Kevin Smith to play Onyx's long lost father. Yeah. People have been reaching <laughs> out to him on Twitter. I, I think people have, um, and not that this isn't possible, but I think people, this is a good way to think, honestly. It's optimism. Uh, yep. But people think, like, if I could just get to Jack Black or Kevin Smith, yep. there'd be this, like, anointing that would occur. Yes. One of those people would would look at my Kickstarter and call me up and say, bless you, child. I, I see your vision. <laughs> yes. Here's a million dollars. And that is possible. <laughs> it totally but I do is. Think totally people is. People put a little too much pressure on the on that magic it's mm-hmm. a little that's a little bit like magical thinking you can't ask for that to happen you, you can't right. you need to, to do happen. well you need to do like a tiktok in characters onyx like you wouldn't ask for it but onyx might yes, ask that's for true. it and <laughs> that's, then right, that, that's right and then the video of onyx asking kevin smith goes so viral that it's yeah. impossible for him to ignore uh-huh and that's then true. it's good and, he yeah, posts, and then i'll post a picture of him crying on twitter that he's so moved <laughs> yeah, he's so moved by the tiktok that's right it would be it's it's like good PR course. because then it's like it's like video of this character asking like it'll get press and then he, him responding Dude. will get press. Yeah, and it's the like, last week, the last week of the campaign, you're gonna see the wheels go off. I'm gonna be making the most desperate videos as Onyx. I'll probably drop the character and start. It'll start off as Onyx being like, "Oh, hey, Jack Black. I wonder if you'd like to give to my Kickstarter. Would somebody fucking get Jack Black's attention? Like, it's yeah. gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna get so vocal about it. Onyx is gonna start an OnlyFans. It's gonna go yeah. completely the, off the rails. Yeah. As someone booking like a lot of the guests for the podcast, the move is you want to get to Jack Black. You you message Kyle Gas less yeah, followers. Totally, you're more likely to see it. Be like, totally. What's up, Kyle Gas? Like, totally. I'm a big Jack Black fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh well dude there i mean there's this scene in the movie where he goes to it's it's during the nightmare there's so many ways like in my dream 
Tenacious D would be in this movie. You know, For there's sure. a scene where there's this <laughs> giant demon and and um, they could just be these two musicians on either side of him, you know, as Onyx is interacting with. Yep. We could shoot that on green yep. in L.A. and yeah, we sure. could comp it in. Exactly. Like, you hit up the late. You hit up the label that puts their albums out. Yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll find a, you'll find a through line. Yeah, someone. Totally. Yeah. And there's going to be yeah. fans. I was going to say the Tenacious D movies. I didn't even like put it together, but it it fits like the same yeah. like checklist that I was saying that the Onyx movie also does. Totally they, they do a great job of like the comedy horror kind of silly timeless sure. films. Mm-hmm. And then you got yeah. Dave Grohl as Satan. You yeah, know, he makes another appearance. Or great totally. saving. all the beard yeah. dudes. And you know, it's a, you get, it's a beard you core a scene, movie. A, a yeah. seance scene. You get Chris, Chris, and Dave to channel uh, Kurt. Oh and then you get gosh. Jack Black to play Kurt. <laughs> oh know. my god, Jack Black! I think that might Jack be Black, but he still has his like big beard, but he's just wearing like a shaggy like blonde wig. Playing. Jack yeah. Black's going crazy on Instagram. You could get Courtney now, you know. You yeah, could get Courtney. She probably hasn't been in a movie since Man on the Moon. Courtney so. shared the Weird Satanist Guy video when it came out. She really? tweeted it. No and way. Then, then literally the next day, um, and uh, the next day after she tweeted it, I saw her at a cafe in L.A. What? And I was like, I, yeah, and I was like, I'd never do this, but she just tweeted my video. Yeah. Let me just s- say hi. And I was like, hey, and I want—I don't want to bother you. I just appreciate you—you you shared my weird satanist video yesterday I, i'm a like comedic actor and performer and she was like what and i said oh y- y- yesterday you, you tweeted this video of me and i just wanted to say thank you it was really cool it got it got it a lot of exposure and she was like you're you're, you're what and i was like never mind <laughs> oh my god i just like didn't try that yeah. damn uh, dude she is one of the most terrifying people I've ever seen yeah. in my life. She is she was intense. Scary. Just like I've seen interviews with her. There's this there's this one interview where she like she busts into an interview with Madonna, like really oh wasted. My God. Oh yeah. It's iconic. It's amazing. It's, it's at like it's at an award show, I yeah. think, in South America it's or fucking, something. I was oh, wow. cracking up watching that shit for the first time. But like she they, they cut it. They they like they like end the the interview clip at early yeah like, cut oh my somebody else it's an it's iconic like moment much. but um anyway courtney love it is terrifying so yeah props to you for even having the courage <laughs> to interact with her <laughs> thank you she's like i literally forgot totally everything well, that happened to me yesterday that's the through line to her you email her and be like hey i'm the dude you ran into at the coffee shop the day after you <laughs> yeah. shared my video then she'll and remember she'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. She'll like, of course oh, yeah yeah dude yeah that's great that's so good i mean do you think do you think maybe if you approached her in character as onyx it would have gone differently i will say it, it there's if i'm at a convention and i'm just dressed as myself I, I, I kind of go unnoticed. If I'm at a convention with the Onyx outfit on, fedora, like a horror yeah. convention or mm-hmm. BlizzCon, yep. it's like, I, 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 I'm not, it's not an overstatement to say like I'm stopped every other foot. It's I was like, going to ask that. Oh, like, crazy. I, I'd stop I, you. Because I'd, I'd, I'd you. imagine yeah. out of, out of <laughs> costume. Yeah. Like you said, like, you know, you probably yeah. wouldn't put the pieces together, but you put a fedora on. Yeah, people are like, "Holy fucking shit!" The That's second the I have the guy. wig and the fedora on, yeah, yeah. the tie, it's the red the tie, tie, the red yeah. tie. <laughs> yeah, oh my yeah. god! But I love it. I mean, the idea yeah. that I because I love horror so much, and I love that he is a is accepted in the horror community. Yeah, and horror conventions are one of the main places 
that he's kind of known. I get a kick out now, of it. That's awesome. Do, do you ever get stopped? Do you ever get stopped at conventions and people think you're cosplaying as Onyx and they don't realize that it's really you? Someone one time like had that exact reaction, but I saw them realize it real time. They're like, "Oh my god, dude, you look like the uh, oh my god, dude!" And they, they like they thought you did it the was eyebrow, just the eye- you did the eye motion. They're like, it, <laughs> "Yeah, it has to be him." <laughs> right? Yeah. As soon as I looked like panicked at them, they. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, they were, they were about to ask you like where you got the props to dress that way. And then (laughs) they're like, their mind got blown that they were meeting like a real fucking celebrity that they've idolized. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I've had the same costume for like nine years. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is in character. Yeah. Probably he's not updated his wardrobe. Yeah. (laughs) You sell totally. it to Kevin Smith as your version of the trench coat and backwards exactly. hat. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. And be like, we're the same. We're the same. We're the same. Me yeah. and you, Silent yeah. Bob. So I be wanted like, to, you know, we were, we were mm-hmm. chatting before the show on what we wanted to talk about. Um, and obviously you're a huge horror, horror movie fan. Um, I just kind of wanted to just maybe chat about like, have you watched any re- uh, films recently that might be like, more underrated that you want to like just say that this movie fucking rule like we we you yeah. know it's a pretty freeform podcast we just like talk about what, what we've watched recently so i just wanted to open yeah. it up like if you've seen anything that you've been like this is fucking sick. totally the, the, the there's only been one recently i don't like a lot of modern horror and, mm. and it's not just because of stylistic you know uh aesthetic taste i i i I like. I really liked the Suspiria remake. Mm. I really liked that. Mm. Um, I do just gravitate more toward the stuff from the eighties, yeah. even if it's not super gooey and monster heavy. Like I just watched the Dead Zone. I'd never watched the Cronenberg movie, oh. The Dead Zone. Dude, oh, shit. So I good. That one. The Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken is amazing in it. Right. I love uh, that movie. I'm watching it. and I'm like, oh, this is this is exactly the type of movie I love. Uh, you know, yeah. It's character driven, but it's still incredibly <laughs> heightened and insane. Yes. And Cronenberg was so good at that stuff. I rewatched mm. dead ringers, dead ringers, Jeremy really Irons. on my, um, on my note card. I have Cronenberg written down. Oh, that's great. I am, I am a huge Cronenberg fan. <laughs> well, yeah, just trying to think Cronenberg of a way to bring fans. it up organically. Yeah. Well, that's uh, horror movies. He's my, he's my totally. God. Yeah. And I think it, I, I just recently it's back here somewhere. I didn't have The Fly on VHS until recently. Oh, yeah, here it is. But, like, I rewatched The Fly. There you go. And yep. it's like, man, like, it's just, I don't know what it is about the modern mix in horror films when it comes to, I either feel like they're so concerned with being prestige and elevated that yep. they kind of leave the horror behind, or um, they're they're just horror and no character development and none of the richness that I get from some of these older movies. Yeah. So I don't know what it is. I really feel like there was just a better blend of that shit in the in the eighties. But the fly is like so good, and it's so sh- sharp and just moves like yep. It opens, Everything. yeah. It's it just opens perfectly they're, they're at this yeah. gala, right? And it's just and like the, the scenes, the close up of the the steak when they're he's like cooking the yeah. meat. It's like they, yeah. they're just planting all the seeds. It's masterful. Like yeah. Yeah. it's not. I don't it's not a personal favorite Cronenberg movie. Like it's up there. It, yeah. I don't think it's, I think dead ringers is my favorite, but I think it's his most so masterful good. film. Like yeah. it's definitely his, yeah. it's the opus. It's a, you know? Yeah, like, it really it, is. Like, it deserves to be his most acclaimed film for sure. And you watch dead. And uh, I, when I was rewatching dead ringers, I was like, who the, no one would even make this movie it's now. Crazy. Like crazy. No it's, it's insane. It's insane. It's an insane script. 
It's crazy. I mean, I guess they are going to make it now. They're making an Amazon series oh, of Dead Ringers. Oh, really? On, I did not really? know that. It's, a series? Yeah, the, it's, I think it's a series, and it's with Rachel Weiss, and she's playing the twins. Okay. I can and go so, with Rachel Weiss on it. That's... She, I mean, she's yeah. cool. And okay. I, I didn't it, hear about this. I, I don't know creatively what their approach is going to be, so I don't have an opinion on whether or not it's going to work, but I will say... I mean, I don't know. If you take Cronenberg out of Dead Ringers, like, what is it? I mean, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, mean, Crash, I wouldn't call Crash a horror film, but that's up there with my top Cronenbergs, too, because it Another movie that's like, who would make that now? Exactly. It it left me with this very specific sensation that I I can't even really put into words. Like, it's hard to even describe how I felt after watching that, because it's so layered and, and... it's it's topics on like sexuality are so like complex and nuanced. Yeah. Like, yeah, no one who would make that film again. Well, I also yeah. recently I watched um I watched Map of the Star or Map to the Stars that yeah, movie. I've he never made. seen that one. Yeah, I wa- I watched it somewhat recently because it was one that escaped me. Like I I skipped that one and I skipped the um the one about Freud and um right. Like right before Dangerous Method, I think okay. it's called. Yeah. And yeah. I watched the Map of the Stars. It was on Netflix. So I was like, you know, I never watched this Cronenberg movie. And it does, it has the Cronenberg vibe and it's good. And it's like a satire of like, like children working in Hollywood and like that machine, but also has like a weird, like occult kind of like spiritual, supernatural thing happening with yeah. like witchy vibes. And it wasn't, you know, like I said, in Cronenberg's body of work, it doesn't stand up as like in even like the top half of his work mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. But it does have that like uniquely Cronenbergian like vibe about it, the unsettling, like he just knows exactly what he wants his audience to feel. Totally. Yep. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. He's in complete control. Like, I, I, he's so controlled. Um, which I guess a lot of people criticize him for being kind of cold because it all just feels calculated and robotic, but I don't find his movies to be that cold. I think the actors really, really show up and bring life. I mean, Jeremy Irons and Dead Ringers, dude, it's a, a really crazy. vivid, yeah. lively performances. Yeah. Two char- I mean, he's playing two well, characters. It's yeah. Crazy. And so I, I took a class in college on Cronenberg. <laughs> like I, I, I got a minor in film. I was a film major before I switched to creative writing and I took a class called. You're American like, I, you're like, I want to make less money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wanted more. I wanted more control of the story, right? Because okay. once, if you're yeah, a writer yeah. and you can't you can't finance directing, then you're like sacrificing your words mm-hmm. uh, after you sell it. So I was like, I want to control the whole story. So I'm going to switch and just. I have a lot of film credits. I'll just get the minor in film. Sure. But I took a class called American Film Artist, and half the semester was um, on Lynch, and half was on Cronenberg, and we studied Cronenberg, cool. and I wrote. I wrote like 15 page papers on Cronenberg's work yep. and it's like people that say his work is cold. I, I tell them, I implore them to watch, I think it was called M. He does a movie. Um, yeah. And it's about, I've like, never seen uh, it. I think it's, I, I don't want to get the plot wrong, but I think it's about like a Chinese, um, I want to say it's someone that's like, trans but oh m butterfly stay in society m butterfly yeah. and it's based on the opera. i've read the it's, play but i haven't seen mm-hmm. his film i have it like downloaded but i haven't watched it it's yet. very good yeah very good and yeah. it's it, you know and it's it's not a horror movie no but 
it has the el- the Cronenbergian element, yeah. but it, it's a, it's a much, it's like a, you know, it's a love story. So people uh-huh. that are only familiar with like Videodrome and, right. you know, the fly, they're, they don't know. They don't have the full scope of his work. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think his his early to mid work, I almost appreciate. Like, uh, uh, you know, a critics of Cronenberg might lo- like, you know, say it's a criticism, but I actually think it's quite interesting to like watch all of his films like next to each other. Uh-huh. All of them are about. Uh, it's like a it's a kind of like a pessimistic view of how technology demolishes humanity. Like all right. of his early films are about that. Ted like, Kaczynski type uh, scanners, um, you know, the fly videodrome, like dead, dead ringers in a way, uh, existence, yeah. like all those films, like people are just getting mauled by the technology that they're, Oh, and the, the yeah. brood too, as well. Yeah. The brood yeah. Um, and crash. They're just like, it's yeah, and, and crash. crash also crash. Like they're all like getting demolished and just sucked into this, whatever technology or structure or system of power that's like corrupting them. And like, there's like people in power that are like using their power. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's not the same story, but it's, they all link together. And like, whereas a critic might say, Oh, he's making the same movie over and over again. I think that would be reductive to say it's like all it's examining the same theme with different flavors. And like, I think that's totally. like so interesting to watch. And you could say the same thing about David Lynch too. You know, it's like, yeah, sure. it's, it's David Lynch's films often are about, uh, visualizations of trauma through surrealism, like yeah. fucking blue velvet and uh lost highway, Mulholland drive. Like it, you could link all of them together. You could, you could have the same analysis of, of all of those films, yeah. like even inland empire too. It's like his craziest film. Like, and Twin Peaks as I think well. That's, I think that's most directors. And I, sure. I used to feel kind of guilty for that. I was like, oh, wait, I'm still, it's still the same theme, but I'm just reskinning it. But I think that's actually the point because yeah. I think most of us are kind of obsessed with like three things. And our whole life is about figuring out those three things. Yeah, <laughs> and, totally. and with each film you make, you get a little closer to understanding those things. And maybe they get shifted and they're recontextualized or they're put in a different genre. But I think as long as you're kind of, trying to become more enlightened and get more insight around those themes, the movies will be different. They'll be different every time. Yeah. They're just looking at those core questions that you have. I know I saw a reviewer once talk about Cronenberg and they were like, has he worked out his shit yet? Was kind of the take. Like we're still watching Cronenberg just kind of work through all of his weird shit. He's trying to figure out why he loves sex, but is also disgusted by sex. And I'm like, I'll, so I'm here like to watch everybody. Yeah, yeah. Go, I'm like, I'm here <laughs> for Cronenberg to try to figure that shit out forever. Yeah. I'll never get tired of, of watching him. I love, I love when people say that because they're like, what, what movies do you want him to make? Like, what, do you, what, like you watch a Cronenberg and you're disappointed. Like, what do you want him to make? Like, well, I like, think what? people in general, yeah, I think people in general are less nowadays at the risk of sounding like, you know, uh, a film snob or the way people treat Scorsese when he talks about Marvel movies, but like right. people are used to less confrontational films now and they do want answers. They want things to be very binary. They want things to just fit for them. It's a really a right. puritanical approach. It really it's like, is. What's the, they don't want, you know, they where, don't want to leave the theater with any questions. With any questions. They don't want to be confused. They don't want to think like, wait, was Brad Pitt's character in, 
in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of also maybe a bad guy? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> what? So what does that make? What does that mean to you? Yeah. You know? He yeah. definitely does, murdered the wife. <laughs> well, right. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. so, and, and they're like, well, that's wrong. That's wrong. Wait, it's wrong that there might be a complex character that, yeah, sorry, it's not Captain America, dude. But it's a it's a it's a character in a film that is supposed to make you question your own thoughts and your own outlooks. I mean, I saw it first reformed the Paul Schrader. Oh, I movie. love that movie. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It, it shook me out of like that's when I was working at this place called Nerdist, which was like really nerd heavy sure. geek content. We we're only doing parody videos of Spider Man and Bruno Mars songs, you sure. know. So, and it was a great job, and it was great for directing and getting used to just kind of making something every fucking week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I sat I sat down to watch First Reformed and I, it's like I was kicked back into film school. Yep. That movie was like, hey, remember movies? Like the way <laughs> they used, where they actually made you fucking nervous yeah. when you watched them and you actually had emotional reactions that made you think about deep shit. And I was like, yeah. fuck me. Even I had gotten into this kind of complacent state of like just watching a lot of superhero movies and pop culture stuff. and. Yeah. God, fucking blame, watching Ethan Hawke wrap himself in barbed wire was oh like, oh my god! Well, even just knocking the, me out, out of my seat. Even the that's why they did work. it four three. So okay, yeah, so exactly. I want to start a <laughs> yeah. new. I want to old school. I want to start a new subgenre called chili core. And my first two <laughs> movies in this genre are first reformed in Manchester by the Sea. All these films take place in the Northeast U.S. and it's in the yeah. winter and it's cold as fuck. And yeah. every scene looks like they're freezing their asses off. Doesn't matter where they are. And you could the put the cl- lighthouse in there too, I the guess. Li- yeah, That's the true. lighthouse yeah. I would totally put in there. Another four three legend. Four, Another four yeah. three. Yeah, <laughs> we're bringing four three back. We're bringing four three back. But um, no, I mean, even just the camera work in First Reformed, like there's this one uh, tracking shot at the beginning of a, a scene where um, I can't remember the woman who plays. Is it uh, Amanda Seyfried plays the Amanda wife? Amanda Seyfried, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they're walking out of her house, and then she like walks off screen, but the camera yeah. the camera doesn't move. And then they walk back on street screen and start walking. I think it's it's. I think it's when she uh, is showing him their garage where she finds the yeah. bomb. But like the shot, the the camera is like so stubborn in that movie, and yeah. I mean that in the most intentional way. Like, I, I that's it, you really feel like you're watching something really intentional happening. I don't. Know, I well, I loved that the fuck out of that movie. That movie really remember, was great. Yeah. I remember when I was a teenager and learning about Taxi Driver, and mm-hmm. I think it, it might have even been, it, it was probably Scorsese's talking about the scene when Travis Bickle's on the payphone trying to apologize to Sybil Shepard's character, and the camera drifts away and just looks down an empty hallway for like Ooh, 30 yeah. seconds, and then it comes back to him. And Scorsese was like, yeah, so to me, that was, the, the camera was saying, you know, this is too embarrassing to watch. I'm gonna, I'll be over here. And, and, <laughs> And that blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, ah, fuck, the intention behind so the coverage. Cool. Yeah, Whereas most movies nowadays, most movies are shot like TV shows where their coverage is incredibly yes. basic. And, you know, yeah. Marvel released this video. I thought it was a really interesting video, and I get it. But the, the previs company that they work with for all of their films mm. released this video, and they were like, I, it, it felt weird. It felt like the previs company was stoked on this video, but that Marvel themselves might have been like, uh, because the yeah. previs company was like, did you know we do all of the big action sequences in Marvel movies? The directors barely even touch it. Here, let me show you what we do. And they literally said, we build these things out months in advance. 
this stuff is baked in. Yeah. The director comes in, they're handed a sequence that they is plugged into their fucking movie. Wow. And that's yeah. and they were proud of it and they should be as a VFX previous sure. house. But and listen, really VFX hurt. VFX houses have not had the best fades in the past few yes, years. Yes, totally. So I don't, I don't, I don't blame them. But yeah, it didn't bode well for the idea that like, no, we still let auteurs handle you. It's like, yeah, you do. But it makes complete sense to me that a guy like Edgar Wright walked in, and if they had said, "Hey, here's your previs company. Your action sequences are already done," yes. Edgar Wright would be like, "The fuck?" You're like, wait, you know? no, what, what are you talking <laughs> right. about, dude? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a director, you want to dial, you want to have a hand in absolutely everything captured sure. in the film. Well, I mean, it just goes um, to show that the real objective of a blockbuster film is to make money. And if yeah. you're yeah, a director, was, if you're a director say, of a Marvel film, you're probably like, oh, okay, sick. I don't have to do, I don't have to work on that. Someone already took yeah, care of it. It's fine. I, it all, I can focus it on this other into, thing. It all ties into what you guys were talking about too, um, about everything being in like a neat little package that can be understood easily yes. by yeah. the largest amount of people. Right. Which I was saying, it's kind of like I I watched WandaVision and I'm not like a huge Marvel. Like I, I've seen a handful of the Marvel films, but I don't watch like every single thing they put out, uh, mostly because it's too neat for me. Like I want to be left with like, my own thoughts and interpretations of yeah. stuff. Um, sure. And WandaVision would, in the beginning when I started watching it, I'm like, okay, this makes sense because Marvel is Disney now and Disney is thinking about how they could get a little bit of every demographic they're not getting. So now they're like, let's make like the art house Marvel and capture that crowd. Yep. That's, right? I mean, that's explicitly their strategy. Is exactly because it's for like very yeah. the prisoner twilight zone yeah. Mm-hmm. like yeah and not only that but it's super referential with like sitcom obviously of like course. throughout they're like doing malcolm in the middle and like all yeah. types of sitcom ref- reference which is very meany like referential yeah. humor let's mm-hmm. grab people with shit they know yeah and uh and it's just like it's really just watching disney do like uh I, I want to say like a vertical integration, like yes, corporate. Yeah. let's take over every little aspect of cinema. We have the art house crowd. We have like yeah, right. the that's, blockbuster crowd. That's what they want the Marvel, um, the MCU to be. That's like, that's like, like the, like the real conceptual guys that working for Marvel and whatever production companies are like, yeah, we got to, we got to blanket every, every possible Still, fan. Yeah. Has got to be Film globalization, yeah. basically. Literally. Right. Well, and also, right. and and also, when marketing is uh, part of the initial like pre-production strategy, right? Like, how many Netflix shows have scenes in them that are literally only there to be screen capped and shared on yeah. Twitter mm-hmm. to be viral? Like, how many yeah, fucking cool. Netflix shows have gone viral? Uh, and then you, the only reason you know about it is because people are talking about it on Twitter. That's not, a, that's not an accident. It, the, oh Tiger my gosh. King. I will, I will never forgive them for fucking bird box. Like, that, I, was I feel just like bird talking. box is one of the <laughs> yes. shittiest movies ever. And they turned it in. They convinced America that it was a meme, that it was trending. <laughs> yes. And you, and you're like, no one gives a fuck about it's bird box. It's completely manufactured. Like the, right. all the, I was actually literally earlier today talking to my friend about this over text all of the viral tweets that like went viral about bird box were by like yeah. bot accounts with zero followers totally netflix like astroturf <laughs> that shit it was completely yes. there was no organic engagement <laughs> and with you that know shit how, 
And you know how you can tell? Because we're all living, thinking human beings. We can look around us and <laughs> now see no Bird Box references. No it one didn't gives make a its, fuck! It, it didn't actually make its way into pop culture. You can still reference... I mean, there's still fucking Halloween references. We could still go... And you think about Friday the Thirteenth. Of course, we it 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 didn't actually get ingrained in our culture, no, but yet they convinced it just, us it was. It just <laughs> clogged up Twitter for a, a week yeah. and a half, and same with to Tiger King. To get the numbers King. up, yeah. Tiger yeah. King was, was probably a, a little more successful for a little bit I, as well. Totally, Tiger King had a little bit more interesting. I didn't really end up watching it, but at least the subject matter was at least a little bit interesting. Right, but, but even but still, Bird Box was, uh, to me was a complete. Bird Box to me was like a complete oh, invention complete, of oh. of a. Uh, of a moment yeah. it just I well, don't think it, it's like I said Absolutely. it's streaming globalization and what people don't talk about is the silent executive producer of Bird Box Bill Gates you know it's it's gone under the radar <laughs> it's true he he actually put um 500 million dollars into that film and I'm glad we, we finally got here I'm glad yeah. he's putting his money in the places that needed the most yeah, we had yeah. to put it deep, Netflix deep in the episode to film starring Sandra Bullock. <laughs> this episode sponsored Dude. by Microsoft. Yeah. By the new Dude, uh, I saw, fucking. Did you see that know. thing? Did you see that thing that they, no. they put out? The, what? the it's like it's like a they released a trailer for it a couple days ago. I I, I want to say it's called like Microsoft Web or Net or something, and it's their VR shit. And the trailer looks insane. Like all the people wearing the VR glasses and the. This one it's girl called, has like a, a net thing where she's like a doctor's like treating her, but he can like read all the shit in uh, her hand. Nintendo Power Glove too. Can't wait Isn't for that. The it, it's like it's like a ripoff of that, but yeah. looks like it looks like they took it out of like a deleted scene from Minority Report or something. <laughs> huh. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen it. that. I, I mean, VR is like that's its own thing. Get Eugene back on to talk about VR, but uh Yeah. VR, True. you know, it's like um uh, right now, I feel like it's the uh, NES, where the NES was for gaming. That's where VR is right now. And like over the next few years, you're you're finally going to get the processing power and game design, you know, really locked down. But I feel like people you are still um, they're still figuring out exactly how to make a VR experience that's that's uh, that works I'll, on its own. I was going to say, Andrew, you should add a tier to the Kickstarter that's like two years from now, like a sit-down VR dinner with Bowser. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like yeah. when the technology catches up, yes. you can have a, a dinner date with Bowser. Yes. Exactly. I'll see um, you in cyberspace. Yeah, exactly. Existence. Yeah, Existence. That's what I'm saying. Br- bringing it all back to the uh, the film that you're crowdsourcing now, do you want to yeah. talk about the Kickstarter and tell people where they can find it and everything? Yeah. 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 So the easiest way to get there is onyxthemovie.com. It's just O-N-Y-X, themovie.com. As of this recording, we're at about 218, 218,000. The big turning point is coming up. This Tuesday is the halfway point, March 9th. So again, I don't know when this posts and when it'll be in people's ears, but... Uh, our goal was to get to 250 by March 9th. And so what, what I've got ahead of me today is like, shooting a bunch of TikToks, shooting some YouTube videos yep. to go up. I'm going to do a little live stream with a, a buddy that's going to read a scene of the script with me tonight. And yeah, I'm just like pedal to the metal trying to get to, to 250 because yeah. our goal is so high, 500. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, I've been told if you don't get to the halfway point by the halfway point, then you can be in trouble. 
So I'm seeing this Tuesday as a pretty big mile marker, well, uh, and I'm trying to push us to 250. We've been putting uh, episodes out on Tuesday for the past couple of weeks, so I'll be sure nice. to coordinate that accordingly and awesome. have it up first thing in the morning. Awesome. So yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I reached out to you. I initially was just trying to back the project. You had added a tier with, like, uh, video shout outs. And I was like, Oh man, I can't find it. Cause you added it that yeah. day. And it was on, it was on the other, uh, once you totally. put it on the tier page, not on the front. And I was yeah. like, I, you know, I reached out to you after trying to back the project, like without even coming on the podcast, I, because I want to see a fucking Onyx movie. You know? yeah. Who, who does <laughs> it? it? Find me one I person who doesn't want to see an Onyx fi- feature. <laughs> and, and every time I check back, not to like, I don't want listeners to hear this and slow slow the hype and think that it's all like going to work out. But every time I look back, you're like, (laughs) it's going like when I when I first saw the Kickstarter like last week and saw it, you were at like 150k and now you're at yeah two two eighteen thousand and it's going. People are finding it, you know. And I think so. Yeah keep making the videos and do i saw you totally. have like a schedule with like color quote coded like totally. all this yeah. content you're gonna make to push it out and it's working i want to tell you because listen i feel like if, yeah this is my like oh calendar. wow there you go yeah, <laughs> yeah. i feel listen if you can make a hundred k on a on a crowdsourcing campaign that that yeah. means you have something going for you Right. Like right. you can, you can totally make it to the finish line. Like that sounds and pretty sick. And there's people, there's people that are interested that I know haven't given, like yep. we, we've got a, a Facebook group that's just for the film. And there's still like a thousand people in that group that haven't backed. And yep. there's even like 700 people following the campaign on Kickstarter that are interested, but haven't backed. Yep. And so I know there's still community left to, 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 to tap. And so I'm just going to keep, yeah, keep on trucking. Hell yeah. See, if we can if we can tie Cronenberg Summit some way, oh, yeah. we could tie him in, then we can get the Canada funding. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, National problem. Film Board. Let's go. Why weren't we need to be Canadian? Cronenberg I'll shoot now. this in Canada at a heartbeat. Dude, I'd absolutely. Love that. Yeah. Go to Vancouver or some shit. Sounds good. Yeah. Can can you like uh I know you can you can convert religions later in life. Can you convert nationalities and try to get get into that? I don't know if I can do that, but I can partner with like a Canadian production company. Yeah, and then through them make it a Canadian production. Yeah, sounds good to What's me. We need, to get, we need to get someone from Broken Social Scene. There's a lot of them. Out yeah, there. exactly. Well, well, you know, email Bre- email Brendan Canning. Alex Lifeson's probably not busy. I mean, Getty Lee could yeah. be a character in your film. You know, they're they're, sure. not, they're not they're get- not. The rush is done. You can, you, know, get, you can get get both of them in there. They're probably bored as hell. Yeah. For the for the internet like viral crossover, you cast Nardwar as a lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's know. true. Nard like Onyx's quirky Nardwar friend from childhood. Oh yeah. my god! It could be like a celebrity <laughs> deathmatch thing like that. I mean, pen yeah. pals. They were That's they hilarious. were pen pals early on or something. <laughs> That's great. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll we're see. Just, we're, just listen, ideas. we're this is a for free sure. pitch meeting for you. We're just pitching totally. ideas all over the place. Take them or leave them free of charge. We all do. We don't know who brains on there too. Ke- Kevin Smith is like he's got us loaded and he's got three podcasts oh, yeah. that he's trying to catch up. That's it. right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, and also I wanted to say I, I I listen to a bunch of your podcasts. You have several podcasts. That's right. Yes. Plug. Oh, yeah. Fellow podcaster. Fellow podcaster. Fellow podcaster. I do a podcast called The Untold Hour, which is focused on supernatural and bizarre stuff uh, with my friend Jessica Chobot. And then I I host a horror podcast for the horror brand Alter called Alter Weekly. And I host that with uh, a woman named Sapphire Sandalo, who's awesome. And 
we kind of come from different eras. I am much more of like the 80s horror fan, and she's more of the late 90s, early 2000s stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it makes for interesting conversation. Like this last week, we watched 13 Ghosts, which she loves. Oh, yep. dude. And, <laughs> I and saw when the I theater. saw it, yeah, when I saw it in the theater, I was like, well, fuck this stupid movie. So, uh, <laughs> some heated but debate. I, I appreciate sure. it. Yeah, some heated debate. But I love Matthew Lillard and Tony Shalhoub. So, oh, Matthew Lillard's the um, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, Alter Weekly. Yeah. Alter Weekly and the Untold Hour All right. um, are my podcast. We'll link those in the uh, description of the podcast awesome. for sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Put all your links cool. down there. Cool. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Like, Thanks yeah. for having it's me, guys. It's a great fun. combo. Love talking about Cronenberg. Yeah. All sorts of shit. Yeah. Great, sh- great, great Dude. show. Great episode. Yeah. Nice. And we'll we'll put links to the Kickstarter and everything. Absolutely. So yep. people can easily access. Easily. It's never it. been easier to give money. Just click. Just click. Just click the fucking hey, link. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Hey. The autofill. Hey. Li- hey. Are you? If you're hey, still listen. fucking listening to this episode and you haven't donated to the Kickstarter, if you haven't paused the episode and donated to the Kickstarter, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? I what think the, the auto approach is the best approach. I, I have, <laughs> we got to scare people. We got to scare people into donating yeah, do. money. We'll berate people. We will we'll, shame we'll them. everyone yeah, who does yeah, not donate to this Kickstarter. Absolutely. <laughs> It's the so only way. Plan. I mean, that's how Citizen Kane got made. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, and well, you, and you so are billing this. Right. You are billing this film as the next Citizen Kane. Oh yeah, famously. yeah. I'm I'm the Hemingway of internet comedy, and Onyx and the, <laughs> Onyx the Fortunus and the Talisman of Souls will be yeah. Citizen Kane level great. Yeah. Absolutely. Pay attention to this. Pay attention to the sled in the closing scene. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. It's yeah. important. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you all for right, coming. Man, thank on. you guys. Thanks for having me. The fire department transported all three to the hospital and tell us that the man and two women who are in their 30s and 40s appear to have non-life-threatening injuries. As for the woman driving the car... A look of elderly bloodlust spread across her wrinkled face, and it made me dare to think perhaps this was no accident. Perchance she was compelled, compelled to steer her beige battering ram into the house that Beef built, driven not by force of this earth, but of an earth below. An earth that mirrors ours in almost every way, except the reflections are so much darker that many miles down. Some know the reflected realm to be the netherworld. Others know it as the abyss. I know it as this shadow zone. A world where the blackness of our sin stares back at us and merely laughs. Ha 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 ha. A world where God's law governs no man. A world where there is no literal or figurative Mr. Belvedere given any authority to teach us right from wrong. A world where we are loosed and given leathery wings charred like brisket to soar high above the judgment of the well-pressed, dry-clean, shift-managing elite. A world where I am elevated to my true pagan animal form and I take flight. Known only as the winged demon, dead Dreadmore. And I fly high above the puritanical regime, anointed by the oil of our beast lord, singing, I'm the king of the castle, and you're the dirty rascal. Crash into me. Crash into me. I don't know. Arby's is pretty cool.